0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church, a relevant biblical community. For more information, visit houstonsfirst.org. So glad that you're here with us. It is, if you can believe it, 14 days from Christmas Eve. So get nervous a little bit and get excited a little bit as well. And we're going to look in the book of Luke is where we're going to be. If you got your Bible, turn there to the book of Luke. If you don't have a Bible, we got a gift for you. It's right there in front of you, and you can just take that Bible home with you and turn to Luke chapter 10 is where we're gonna be. Now, here's where we've been going and where we are going for the month of December. We are reading the gospel of Luke, one chapter every single day, 24 chapters in the book of Luke. So we're gonna read December 1st, Luke 1, December 2nd, Luke 2, December 3rd, Luke 3. So today, I'm preaching on December 10th, Luke 10, and we're reading Luke 10, is what we'll read in our quiet times together. And then we've also got this Salvation is Come devotional that we've written for this time uh, together that I've written. And you can grab that at Corner Books, or you could be reading that. And we want you to jump in, because here's what's going to happen. We'll have gone through the entire gospel of Luke in these 24 days. And when we stand there on Christmas Eve, holding that candle, we'll know the who, the what, and the why of this baby born in Bethlehem because we'll have seen the whole Gospel of Luke. Now, here's the deal. If you haven't been doing this, I'm gonna give you a free pass. You don't have to go and read 10 chapters, okay? Just start today on Luke chapter 10. I should have given the rest of y'all a warning that Luke chapter one has 80 verses in it, okay? I know if you did that, some of, I lost some of you on just chapter one. You're like, I can't do this, 80 verses. So here's your little tip. If you get rolling on a chapter, just read a little bit of the next chapter and you'll be ready for the next day. Read some in the morning, read some at night. You can make it through it, you can do it. And so if you're if you just jumping in, you don't have to catch up. Now, if you're just jumping in, you can catch up. This is very small, okay? You can catch up on that to be able to do that. But it's a great thing for us to journey through the gospel of Luke is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so we wanna know the who, the what, and the why of all that's taken place so that when we get to that Christmas Eve, and we hold that candle, we are singing from our hearts and we know what's going on instead of just busy, busy, busy doing stuff. Now, all right, we're in Luke chapter 10. Now, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to compare Mary of Bethany and Martha, her older sister. And it's going to give us a comparison of two different Christmases. And here's the question. Which Christmas do you want? Here's a little bit of the comparison. Do you want a parking lot of last-minute shopping at the mall, racing in on two wheels? Or do you want a cup of hot cocoa sitting by the fireplace, resting a little bit? Do you want a Hallmark Christmas movie? Or do you want Christmas vacation? Do you want one of those? Do you want to be going and scrambling to get that last thing to make the perfect Christmas Or will you realize in your heart that the perfect Christmas has already come in this baby born in Bethlehem? So we're going to look at Mary and Martha. And what's going to happen is we're going to see Martha is the Martha of busyness, and Mary is a Mary of worship. And we've got a choice in our time, in our days, in these next 14 days, are we going to be Martha of busyness? Are we going to be Mary of worship? Now, as we talk about these ladies, I want you to know a couple things about them. They're from this town called Bethany. It's outside of Jerusalem, just a little bit outside of Jerusalem. We think that Martha was the older sister and then she had, then Mary was the other sister. And then their brother was Lazarus. Remember Lazarus? risen from the grave. That's these gals' brother. So Martha being the older sister, Mary of Bethany, and then Lazarus. Now, there's six Marys in the New Testament. This is not the Virgin Mary. She's the most famous one uh, at this time of year for sure. This is not the Virgin Mary. This is Mary of Bethany. You may remember her from John chapter 12. She takes perfume, she pours it out on Jesus's feet. She wipes it with her hair to prepare him for burial, that he's gonna die and he's gonna raise again. So that's Mary of Bethany. And we're going to see that there's a little bit of, even if you will, kind of a first child, second child, and a little bit of also personality going on here of the busyness of Martha as we look at these two women. I hope you'll grab your listening guide and be able to get a little bit, uh, some notes taken there as well. Two different women, two different responses To Jesus, a little bit of a case study on personality and humanity and how we're going to operate at Christmas time. So let me say this, if your name's Martha, we think you're awesome, okay? You got a good name. It's a great name. We think you're awesome. We're not here to throw rocks at Martha, but we're going to look here at Martha and see some good stuff and some challenging stuff. And here's the case. Here's the truth. Most of us are Marthas in this room when we look at this story, Okay. Now, you'll be like, no, I'm a Mary. Well, maybe you are, and that's awesome. I bet you got a little Martha in you as well. I got a lot of Martha in me. Here we go. Verse 38 of Luke chapter 10, on December 10th, as we're reading through the gospel of Luke. Here we go. Verse 38. While they were traveling, he entered a village, that's Jesus, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Way to go. High five, Martha. I told you she was a good person. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. She's listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, "'Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her, give me a hand.' The Lord answered her, "'Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things.' but one thing is necessary. Martha made the, excuse me, Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken from her. Let's jump in. Here we go. Your first point is this, this Martha of busyness, distraction complete competes for our attention. Distraction competes for our attention. So what's happening is she's distracted by many, many things. Now, Martha takes off on a good road. She's got a good heart. She's well-meaning. She's awesome. It's a great name. It's a great person. It's a great lady. She takes off. She's welcoming Jesus into her home. Amen. Way to go. But Jesus doesn't just want to be welcomed in your home. He wants to be welcomed in your heart. He doesn't want to just be in your, your area, in your, your place where you're living. He wants to be the presence that you're seeking. See, Jesus wants to go for our hearts, not just our home. But Mary's a good person. She's got a good heart. She has good intentions, but her distractions get the best of her. Jesus shows up and she starts going for it and cleaning everything up and preparing the meal and getting all sorts of things ready. Now, we don't want to throw stones at Martha because we are Martha's. We are easily distracted. One lady, her name was Linda Stone. She was a consultant for Microsoft and Google. She said this, I told you this before in previous message, but she said this, she said that the whole world has become CPAs, not certified public accountants, continuous partial attention. That we all have continuous partial attention. I mean, you're kind of listening to me right now, but your mind's going to drift at some point to think about what you need to do today. You're going to be listening. I hope you'll do it. Can you make it the whole sermon without checking your phone, without even touching it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. To be able to have continuous partial attention. We're kind of listening to TV. We're kind of listening to our wife or our husband. We're journeying with this continual partial attention. So Martha is going all in. She's got him in his and got Jesus in the home, and then now she's getting preoccupied and she's distracted. That means to be drawn away, to be pulled apart, to be separated from. I want you to think of this word like this: distraction. I want you to think of it like this: distraction. See it as two different things. Distraction. Say that with me: one, two, three. Distraction. That we're losing traction when we are distracted. We're sliding down a snowy hill because we don't have traction in the tires anymore. We're not moving forward. Have you ever been so busy and you've just gone, 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 gone? And at some point you're like, I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm just bouncing. I'm the hamster on the wheel. I'm on the treadmill and I'm running and I'm out of breath. And it's just, it's just more things to do. And technology can be great and make it wonderful. It can also make it worse. I mean, before all this stuff, we'd had six things to do and we'd shoot for eight. Now we get 10 things and we want 15 and we're never done. And so the speed up just gives us more stuff to do and we can't get them all done. So in a highly distracted world with a continuous partial attention, we've got to be careful that we're not always multitasking. We're not always people-pleasing. We're not always errand running. We don't have an endless to-do list. We're not over commitment, and we're not scrambling in these days to try to make the perfect Christmas. The perfect Christmas already happened. It was the manger in Bethlehem a long time ago. Doesn't matter if you get your baseboards dusted or not. Jesus came, right? He's here. You can burn the rolls and still have the Savior. It's okay. Life will go on, but we can get in that Martha mindset going and going and going. Just some some to-do points for us. Families, watch out for your activity involvements in the next few days. Just be careful about just being so involved in things. Kids, be careful of your commitments. It's, you, oh, I'll go and we'll do this and we'll do this and do this. Adults, watch out for your work stress. Many of you, end of year is a big deal to end this calendar year, and there's a lot of stuff going on at work. We all have 24-hour jobs now, you know that? You can always be checking email. You can always be checking text. You can always be checking the markets. You can always be looking at the futures. You can always be looking at this. Always reading some blog. Always reading some, some thought of what's going on. It's 24 hours a day. Now, this dates me a little bit, but some of y'all remember this. You remember when TV used to go off? There'd be a moment in time, you turn on the TV and it'd be just colored stripes and dee- that's it. And it was really symbolic and places were closed on Sundays. But things actually stopped. Never happens anymore. You can spend every Sunday at a club fill in the blank sport the rest of your life. You can spend every night surfing one more spot on the internet, watching one more show. At some point, it's, it's got to stop, and we've got to know not to numb our life with scrolling and binge watching and all these things. Here's my thought for you. I think we don't want to slow down because we don't want to have to deal with deep things. If We just keep busy. We don't have to deal with some deep things. And I got good news for you. God doing deep work in your heart is to your advantage. It's a blessing to you for God to do deep work in your heart. But we stay busy and we stay Martha because we don't want to deal with something real. So let's just go another place, do another thing. You can go all through Christmas and do all this stuff for God and never spend time with God. You can sing all these things about Jesus, celebrate Jesus, have Jesus sign in your front yard and on your, your, your refrigerator, or wherever around your house, and never spend time with Jesus. We can miss the whole thing. See, here's what Martha's done. Martha's got good things. These are good things. Jesus is coming in. She's a hospitable person. Many of you have gift of hospitality. It's an awesome gift. It's a great gift. But good things in the wrong order leads to more worries. Good things in the wrong order leads to more worries. At some point, you got to stop painting on the painting or you're going to ruin the painting. You got to pull back. It's a masterpiece because somebody stopped, not just because somebody started. And good things in the wrong order lead to more worries. Martha wasn't distracted by bad things. Hospitality is a good thing. She just had it in the wrong priority. Listen to what Chuck Swindoll said. He said, Martha's thoughts are not on Jesus. They're, on, they're not on Mary. They're not on the meal. They're on Martha herself. Worry is winning the day. Aren't we so often like Martha's self-focus chokes out our ability, listen, this is key, to distinguish between incidentals and essentials. It siphons our joy so that we become judgmental and like Martha, we need to learn to listen to the Savior's voice. Here's what happens when you become Martha. You get in that Martha mindset, and hey, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I have things to do list on days off. I love things to do list. I'll make a box and check it of something I already did because I feel the joy of checking the box. It's awesome. So I am I got it. I'm going to get things done. But we get the things in the wrong of priorities, and you get the incidentals higher than the essentials, and you lose it. The essentials have to be higher than the incidentals, and the essentials at Christmas are a relationship, growing relationship with God through Jesus Christ and a relationship with the people that you love. That's the essentials. Now, there's a thousand incidentals. That's the essentials, and that's what's going to make Christmas awesome for you. And when that doesn't happen in our life, we begin to doubt God. We doubt God's goodness when we drowned in our busyness. We doubt God's goodness when we drowned in our business. Let me show you this in the scripture. It's right here. You maybe have not seen it like this before, but I want you to look at verse 40. But Martha was distracted, distracted, sliding down the hill backwards because she can't get the traction, by her many tasks, many tasks. She came up and asked, Lord, don't you care? You see it? Her busyness is bringing the doubt of God's goodness. So we get busy and we say, Lord, don't you care that nobody at the office is helping me? Lord, don't you care that we don't have enough money right now? Lord, don't you care that, that we've got sickness in our family right now? Lord, don't you, don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? And our busyness and lack of depth and lack of time with God begins to make us doubt the goodness of God. And I've got great news for you. God is good regardless of your circumstance. And He's good whether you realize it or not. And I hope you do realize it. I hope I realize it. But we doubt God's goodness when we drown in our busy- busyness. So verse 40, she says, distracted by her many tasks, she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now watch this. So tell her to give me a hand. Martha questions the goodness of God then she commands Jesus. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I, when I read this, so tell her, she says to Jesus, give me a hand. I'm like, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, whoa, Martha. Whoa, 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 Martha, Martha, back up. A cha- you can't, don't go bossing the Lord, right? I'll be telling Jesus what to do. Jesus tells us what to do. God tells us what to do. We don't tell God what to do, but follow it in our own life. We get busy, 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 busy. Now we begin to doubt the goodness of God. And we say, Lord, do this. Make this happen. Change this. Move in this way. Give us this. Bless us that. Do all of that. And we begin, we don't realize it, but we begin to direct God. But the joy in life and the joy in Christmas is when we realize the goodness of God, and we're still enough to realize it. We realize the goodness of God, and then now we say, Lord, would you direct me to the best things? I want the essentials, not the incidentals. C.S. Lewis, great quote, he said, don't be too easily convinced that God really wants you to do all sorts of work you don't need to do. What feels like zeal may only be fidgets or even flattery of one's self-importance. I'm going to get it done. That actually might be your dysfunction to make yourself feel important. How do I know that? Because I do that. Oh, man, it feels so important. I got all this stuff to do. But to rest in the Lord and to see. Here's the point. Jesus wants to define your distractions and direct your attention to him. He wants to define your distractions and direct your attention to Him. So, verse 41 The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken from her. Jesus wants to define our distractions and direct our attention. So, here's what he does He first endears Martha. He says, can you just see the Lord just sitting in her house, just Martha, Martha, firstborn, type A, getting stuff done, gift of hospitality, making sure everybody's taken care of. Sometimes you made sure everybody's taken care of and you didn't take care of yourself. And he just says, Martha, Martha, he endears her. He's patient. He's kind. He defines, says, You're anxious and troubled. Over many things. He just defined this is what it is. Now, here's what he doesn't do. He doesn't say, because this never works, calm down. Does that ever work for you? Somebody's rolling off and you go, calm down. What do they do? You don't tell me to calm down. And wham, it goes up a notch, right? What's the way to do it? When somebody's in an eight, you come in at a four, right? Trying to get them down to a six. And so you're trying to put that together. Don't tell me to calm down. He doesn't say calm down. He just defines it. He says, you're worried about a lot of things. Martha, Martha, you're worried about a lot of things. Just come to me. And he directs and he says, Mary's chosen the best thing by listening to me to be able to have the listening that's there. Martha, Martha, define the distraction. So I just ask you this. Have you defined the distraction? What distracts you? I, I, I mean, are you going to read the gospel of Luke this month with us? I know you think it's a good idea. Nobody's like, that's a bad idea. I'm not reading the gospel of Luke to get ready for Christmas. What a terrible idea. That won't help a bit. Everybody thinks it's a great idea, but what's going to prevent you from it? Distractions that are going to come. So define it. What's it going to be? What's it going to be that's going to keep you from that? And to be able to say, let me go to the Lord with this and let me take it with you. Now, before we uh, take it to you, before we move to Mary, and that's where we're gonna jump next, let's just ask the question, are we Marthas? I'm a big time Martha a lot of times. So I gotta ask myself this, this Christmas time, this is a busy season for ministry, right? This is like tax time for an accountant is Christmas for a pastor and a ministry team. Lots of stuff going on, all campuses all stuff, we just had an amazing time with the story this weekend here at the Loop Campus. Had stuff going on at all other campuses. I mean, it's, I've, been, I've been rocking it for like two weeks straight. It's been awesome, but it's been a lot. And so rolling with it is great, but I got a lot of Martha in me and I bet you got a lot of Martha in you. And I remember just actually just recently, I was, I was talking with, with somebody and I was telling them all the things we were doing. And it was kind of a little type A, humble brag. You know, we got all these things going on. All the kids' stuff, all of this stuff, all of that stuff. And I was talking to an empty nester, and they just listened, a little older, a little wiser, and they just listened and nodded. And they we're talking about all these things we got going on. And the guy just smiled and he said, Yeah, I remember those days. Those were some of the best days in my life. And I went, I'm missing the special for the busy. Somehow I'm looking at the schedule. And not the relationships. Anyone trying to, you know, poke his finger in my chest? It just was a good. It's a good reminder. It's a good reminder of all these things that are blessings. That somehow in our busyness, when we stay outside the Lord's presence, the blessings weirdly—how does it happen? The blessings become burdens. And instead of blessings, and just let's get back to being Mary. Now let's look at Mary. What does she do? Here's the deal. Mary of Bethany, devotion compels our hearts towards Jesus. Devotion compels our hearts towards Jesus. It says at the end of verse uh, uh, 39, it says, Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet, was listening to what he said. This Greek word for listening means hear, acknowledge, understand, heed. It means to hear with attention, not a CPA, to hear with attention. Devotion is compelling her. Devotion is compelling her heart. So I ask myself this question, am I preparing Christmas messages or am I amazed by the message of Christmas? See that? Am I preparing Christmas messages or am I amazed by the message of Christmas? I got good news from my heart. I'm amazed by the message of Christmas this year. It's great. There's a freshness. Because, you know, I've been preaching Christmas messages for a long time. But I'm amazed by it. And here's what's great about that the overflow of the heart is what the mouth will speak. And so be amazed by what's going on in your heart. Listen with attention as you sit with Jesus, and you'll discover this math problem for you focus plus decision equals security. Focus plus decision equals security. It doesn't happen by coincidence, it happens by commitment, it happens by decision. It said that we make 35,000 decisions a day. 35,000 decisions a day. 226 of them are based on food, okay? Now, I think for us at Christmas, like 582 are based on food. Do I want one more? Yes. Do I want one more? Yes. Yes, yes. that's the decisions I've been making. And good friend, family member actually sent us some chocolate-covered pecans. Man, we wipe those things out. They're awesome, They're healthy. They're pecans. They're healthy. (laughs) Wiped them out, no lie. So Kelly figured out where they got them from, and she ordered another box of chocolate-covered pecans. And I'm eating them this afternoon. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to watch NFL and eat pecans. That's all I'm going to do. It's going to be great. But all these decisions that we have, but have we decided in all these things to spend time with God? Sitting with Jesus is a choice not a coincidence. Sitting with Jesus is a choice, not a coincidence. A few months ago, I brought my chair from my house where I sit to spend time with God. I Hope that you, you spend time with God and you have a place, you have a route, you have a plan to be able to spend time with God, that you'll take your Bible, you'll take maybe this devotional guide for the month of December, and you'll just sit and spend time with Jesus. If you're not used to that, just take five minutes, just take a little bit, and just be able to really do that. Sit with him and allow him to do his work in your life and really listen to him in that way. Now, we're gonna do something a little bit crazy. We've done it before, and we're gonna do it right here in the service, Okay. A couple months ago, we did this for probably like four weeks in a row. We just stopped the worship service, stopped the message, and sat in 60 seconds of silence. And I got so much positive response from that. Because you know, it's good to sit in church in particular and just be reflective for a minute. So we're going to sit in 60 seconds of silence in just a minute. And for some of you, it's going to feel like four hours, okay? Your legs are going to start twitching. You're going to start rearranging the things in the back of the seat back because they're crooked. Um, you're going to start grabbing for your phone. You're going to say, "This is my moment." You're going you're to uh, just. I'm going to look at the clock, and for 60 seconds, we're just going to sit. We're going to be calm. We're not going to worry about what we got to do this afternoon or tomorrow, and just let the water settle just a bit. You ready? Three, two, one. 60 seconds. Do you need another one? (laughs) Another three or four of them? Introverts are like, amen, finally. People are quiet. Hey, I'm a major extrovert, but I still need that. We're gonna be deep people. We're gonna have to be quiet people. And we live in a Martha world. And we need a Mary world heart. And so let that happen in your life over these next 14 days. Sit with the book of Luke, sit with the devotional, and let it just rest your soul. And you'll sit with Jesus with your anxiety and your worry, your heartache and your loneliness, in the midst of hosting and traveling and coming and going. It'll be convenient some days, it won't be convenient other days, and you'll just be able to sit and to rest and relax in it. Here's the sermon in a sentence. Contemplation, not distraction, leads to true celebration of Christmas. Contemplation, not distraction, leads to a true celebration of Christmas. In the devotional, I just want you to read, I want to read you something just real quick and then I'll close with an illustration and we'll be able to worship for a moment. December is filled with tasks and engagements for all of us, but don't miss Jesus at Christmas. This is from December 10th, devotional today. Don't miss Jesus at Christmas. Listen, the world is great at removing Jesus from anything Christmas, but the people of God must be different. For this isn't a celebration of winter weather. Cozy feelings are 50% off sales. It's a contemplation of God sending his son to earth, followed by a celebration of Jesus coming to have a relationship with me. Here's our sermon in a sentence, took it right from here. Contemplation, not distraction, leads to true celebration of Christmas. What will you be? Martha, a busyness, or Mary, a Bethany? Doesn't matter if you're an extrovert. Doesn't matter if you're an introvert. Doesn't matter if you're type A, if you're firstborn. I'm telling you, I need to be merry as an only child type A person to rest it out and to chill and to make Christmas great so that it's great in my heart. It makes a difference in our souls of what God wants to do. To Focus on the essentials, not the incidentals. Just this week, just this Friday, Two days ago. Our ministers on our staff, our weekends are Friday, Saturday. Sunday's a pretty big day, so Friday, Saturday. And so Kelly and I are going to spend time on Friday. We're going to go Christmas shopping. We're going to run around town. We're going to do all the stuff to be able to get that done. And we were jumping in the car. We're about to back out of the driveway. And I'm sitting in the driver's seat. And just before I put it in reverse, I looked at it and I said, hey, let's do this. Let's stay off our phones. Let's stay out of the chaos of all we're about to get on to I-10 and all the craziness of malls and stores. Let's let's pretend like we still live in college station and we've drove to Houston today to shop in the big city and eat lunch together on a date day. Let's do that. And she said, That sounds great. So we backed out of the driveway held hands, driving down the road, bought some things, got some big sale items. We were glad. Buy one, get one. Did all the the stuff. Ended up at lunch. I left my phone in the car. I'm just leaving it in the car. A lot of times I'll trade with her on those days. I say, you just hold my phone. Just put it in your purse. Tell me if anything comes up I need to know. And it never comes up that I need to know. It's the weirdest thing, no matter what it is. Wow, six people died at the church, and you didn't tell me. What <laughs> We got funerals all next week. What's going on? Hey, but when the wife's in charge, ain't anything going on, but I die. That's all that's going on. Right, husbands? We got to learn that. So I leave my phone in the car. It was great. As I came back in Houston, Texas, I still had my phone. Nobody broke in and stole the phone. Felt a little risky, but I went for it. We had lunch together. We bought a bunch of stuff together, and it was good for us. And you know what? Maybe we didn't get it all done, but we got the right things done. And those right things getting done will make a difference in your heart. They will make a difference in your Christmas. Watch. This is how good it is. It will make a difference in your soul, in the core of who you are as a person, as a believer in Christ, God will do something of depth in you that can change your whole life. Or you can just run around like a crazy person. Christmas vacation or a vacation at Christmas. What's it going to be? Father, we come in Jesus' name and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for Luke 10 on December 10 after we've been reading Luke and we've been reading devotionals and we just come. And there's a whole lot of Marthas in this room. And I can be a Martha. And Marthas are awesome. Marthas are wonderful. Marthas have great hearts, great intentions, great skill. They make us feel warmed and welcomed in their homes. They're prepared. But we also, as Marthas, can just spin a little bit out of control and have a whole lot of incidentals chomping away at the essentials. And you just say to us, Martha, Martha, you're distracted and worried about many things, but Mary has chosen the best thing and it will not be taken away from her. What you do in us, God, can never be taken. Salvation, growth, Wisdom you give us, insight you give us. But the stuff at the mall, and it's going to be out of style in a year. It's going to be broken in six months. It could be taken away really quick. Give us in these days lots of 60 seconds of silence moments with you through Luke, through the devotional, whatever it is. Give us a merry heart. In a Martha world, Would you just pray right now. Maybe God has just shown you a distraction. It's work, it's home, it's planning, it's shopping. What is it? Just say, God, I heard you. I hear you. Give that to Him. Give Him your Martha and ask Him for your Mary. never trusted Jesus as your savior. I'd love to tell you about that. That's that's where the peace comes from. Peace is not a feeling, it's a person. And it's through Jesus that we find it. Find him. Find God. So you come to Christ. Just pray right where you are and say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Save my soul. Give my life to you. Be my savior. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. We invite you to worship with us at one of our four locations at the Loop, Cypress, Downtown, or Siena. Follow us on social media or visit us online at Houston'sFirst.org.